This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Book of Acts, uh, chapter number one, <clears throat> to kick things off, and I want you to look at verse number three. Verse number three. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Verse five, for John, John, he baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now you'll notice there's a word in there about passion, and I want some of you to, to make sure that you're following what the scriptures are saying here, what Luke is writing to us in the book of Acts. This passion is actually Calvary. It's his death. So in other words, when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, after his resurrection, in his newly transfigured body, he was seen for 40 days. So what we have here is we have the death of Jesus Christ, air quote, the passion of Christ, and then his resurrection, and then he was with us for 40 days, and, and there's infallible proofs of this in Scripture we see. But then we see him giving a commandment encouraging his followers to go to Jerusalem and be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, with all that said, let me get into what I want to talk about tonight. Everybody say, take the next step. Yeah. Ooh, man, am I going to have fun tonight. God is always, always, wooing, calling, leading you to take another step. And tonight, I'm aware of my environment. We have newly baptized individuals, and then we have those uh, individuals, such as like a Gene and Nyla Davis or Gordon Patton or Brother Luttrell, that, that you, you, you folks are older, in all due respect. You've lived for God a lot longer than me and including many others. So I know my environment, but I do not apologize for making this statement to you that were recently baptized or even to you that have lived for God longer than me. There is a next step in God for you. <laughs> and somebody would say, how can you tell somebody like this that there's the next step? Guess what? As long as you're alive, God is wanting to take you further in your Christian experience. Here is one thing that has been detrimental to the growth of all believers. We think that there's a finish line. Can I tell you the finish line? The finish line is when you take your last breath. That's the finish line. Because none of us will ever master or have the corner on all of God's great experiences. 
It's so amazing to me that what we've done through the years in, in um, religion, there's the big word. What we've done in religion is we've set these, these, little, these little rites of passages and we teach that if you'll repent of your sins, you've made it, you've arrived, you've reached great success in Christ. You've repented of your sins. Or maybe we would set another marker. If you become a tither, man, you have reached the pinnacle of your Christian experience. You're a tither. That, that's not the end. Maybe we set the, the, the mark as you've made it X amount of Sundays and you didn't miss church. Okay, that's great, but you've not reached your full potential. Ladies and gentlemen, there's not a marker that says that you've arrived in your faith. And let me tell you why. Because there's so much more of God than anyone that's ever lived have ever, has ever experienced. And this should not, this should bring so much joy to your life because when you come to God and you experience God to however many degrees you have, it was good. But this should tell you that it's even gonna get better and better and better if you keep pursuing God. So tonight I really want you to start considering how long has it been in your life since you've experienced something new, fresh, and different in your faith? Nobody talk back real loud right now. That's a tough question, isn't it? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Jesus Christ himself were to appear before you? And ask you, when's the last time that you and I had something new and fresh of a spiritual experience in your life? Kind of tough to answer that. Now, for some of you, you would say, man, I just got baptized. That was fresh. You betcha. But here's the danger. We could have that high moment of water baptism, or we could have that high moment of, of repentance, or we can have that high moment of faithful church attendance, and we can just settle, and we never go further in God. Well, one of the great steps that are available to you in your faith is to experience God's empowering spirit. And I want to do something kind of unique tonight. I want to show you in Old Testament teaching what Jesus came to fulfill through his virgin birth, through his death on the cross, and through his resurrection. And then through his last sermon he ever preached. It was the sermon known as the Sermon on the Mountain of Ascension. And I want to show you how, uh, if I had an old-fashioned chalkboard, I would be able to show you Old Testament, New Testament, but I don't have that tonight. So who wants to be the Old Testament side? Nobody, I've preached and taught you so well, you're free from that Old Testament. But for illustration's sake, who wants to be the Old Testament side? I mean, you really believe this message of grace, don't you? You won't even say, I wanna, I wanna pretend to be the Old Testament side. Okay, you called it, you guys are the Old Testament side. Don't get mad, Rain, it's just for fun. This is the Old Testament, everybody say the law. This is the Old Testament or the law. If you have a Bible, you would see this is that first, even though it's not chronologically a half, 
we'll say it's the first half of the Bible. You're the first half. You guys are the New Testament. Again, it's not truly a chronological second half, but you're the second half of the Bible. You're the, you're the, um, you're, you're the birth of the New Testament church, okay? And the, and the gospels of, of Jesus Christ, etc. You're New Testament. So here we go. In the Old Testament, there was this unbelievable moment in the deliverance of God's people. They were in slavery. They were trapped. They were hated. But they were loved by God. And God wanted to set them free. And God was so angry with earthly leadership and kingship that he put some more kind of plagues on their property and land and in their people's lives. One of the great plagues was that um, he was going to literally kill some of their children. But he made a plan. He made a deal with these cats. He said to his children... If you will apply, and I know this is kind of some, especially for you that maybe didn't grow up in the Christian faith, this is going to be some, some odd terminology, but he said if you would apply some blood of a lamb over your doorpost of your home, and I know that sounds, that sounds like a weird movie, but if you would apply some blood of a, of a lamb over the doorpost of your home, I'm going to spare your life. And when the death angel comes through, under my command, he's going to pass over your home and you'll be spared. So in other words, here's the deal. You obey what I'm saying, you live. You don't obey, you're going to be swept up in to death. So this, this moment, after it all took place and it all shook out and they, and they ended up being free, they would literally stop years down the road and remember that cool event where their lives were saved and they would celebrate that event and it would be known as the Feast of Passover. So they would just have this big party and they would celebrate that moment where the blood of a lamb saved them from death. Are you tracking with me? Kind of, for some of you, it may be new and different. Just kind of hang with me for a minute. This was the celebration of Passover. And man, they partied it up and, and rejoiced that they had life. And it was all because they obeyed and applied the blood of a lamb in their life. So, over here in the New Testament, Jesus now has come to the earth. Through a virgin named Mary, Jesus lives a righteous life, and he dies the death of the cross. Well, before he ever took his position as our Savior on the cross, he was recognized, interestingly enough, as the Lamb of God. John said, behold, the Lamb of God that has come to take away the sin of the world. Isn't it interesting? The terminology lamb kind of matches up with the lamb of the Old Testament. And isn't it interesting that 
the blood of the Old Testament lamb that was put on the doorpost of the home kept the, the death angel away. This lamb, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, his blood was purer, cleaner uh, than any little lamb of the Old Testament. And when that blood was shed, it was that blood of that New Testament lamb, Jesus Christ, that took away the sin of all of our lives. Somebody say amen. Stay with me now. The feast of the Passover in the Old Testament is now literally fulfilled in Jesus. Let me help you out. Take your Bibles out real quick. And I know some of you are like, man, I, I, I am so confused. Just stay with me. The book of Matthew chapter number five. Matthew five. Let me explain what we're talking about. Matthew five and verse 17. Matthew five, verse 17. Think not that I... Jesus Christ, am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but I've come to fulfill. You got to understand, the blood of a lamb in the Old Testament, it would push back sin for a period of time. You with me? The blood of Jesus Christ, <laughs> it conquered sin for all time. So we have, we have the fulfillment, not the destruction, not the doing away with the law. Matter of fact, I want to go on record and tell you that the principle of the law, those should still be lived. Can I have an amen? It's the, it's the practices of the law that Jesus came to fulfill. So this this effort of, of making ourselves right by the death of a lamb in the, in, the, in the natural sense, it would only put a Band-Aid on our sin problem. Jesus rips the Band-Aid off and completely heals the wound, and there's not even scar tissue left behind to tell the story. Jesus fulfills what the law, it just couldn't quite do feast of Passover then there's a second celebration check this out when Jesus Christ I'm sorry when God rather poured out his commandments known as the law he did this on Mount Sinai and he wrote them on rock this happened to be 50 days, everybody say 50 days. This was 50 days after that whole blood on the doorpost thing. So 50 days later, after their lives were spared, God visits them and he gives them a handbook on how to live. He gives them some to-do list. He gives them some instruction. It was 50 days afterwards. And something interesting happened that day. There was a group at the bottom of that mountain that was determined not to follow God. They were determined to do life their own way and to worship idols and golden images and stuff like this. And God was so angry. I spared your lives 
I brought you all the way out here, and I'm trying my best to give you a handbook, a playbook, kind of, kind of, you know, show you what to do, and you still won't listen to me. And dude, it's like out of Hollywood, the earth opened up and 3,000 people die. 3,000 people die, but yet they celebrate 50 days after the Passover, and they call it something, just like the Passover was named because of that action of the angel passing over their home. Well, somebody got creative, and they thought, well, how can we name this? It's been 50 days, and they came up with the word penti, which is for five times 10, with a K, cost, and then it's translated into Pentecost. They named it the celebration of Pentecost, the feast of Pentecost. Now, check this out. Back over here to the New Testament. 50 days. All of you love being the New Testament, right? Okay, listen, we're going to flip this. You're Old Testament now. <laughs> check this out. 50 days after Jesus' death. Okay? Jesus, just a few days before, preaches a sermon. He's about to depart. He's about to ascend. He doesn't grab a face mic and a pulpit. He just gathers a few of his closest followers and says, listen, I'm gone. I got a jet. I got to go into heaven. I got to sit at the right hand of the Father. But listen, this is the best thing that's ever happened for you. Me leaving is the best thing that's ever happened to you. But you can't leave. What are we going to do? You're going to do greater than you've ever done without me. What do you mean you're leaving? Don't leave. I've got to leave. Why? If I don't leave, you won't be able to do what you can do. It's beneficial for you that I go because as long as I'm here, you're limited. With me leaving, you're unlimited. How? Because you see me touch me, feel me, I'm limited in my space, but the Holy Spirit's going to come in my place, and it's going to be a different form of God, and it's going to settle in you. What you've been doing life with, now you're going to do life in. So I'm out, the Holy Spirit's coming, and in order for you to operate in it, I need you to obey me one last time, I need you to go to Jerusalem, and I need you to hang out, pray, and just chill and wait. It will come if you'll obey. Have you ever noticed through Scripture that everything that comes upon people is out of obedience? Obedience, man. Whether it's putting blood on a doorpost or whether it's going into it doesn't. whether it's baptism, you name it. Whether it's prosperity, you want to be blessed, obey. Obey tithing and giving, man. I promise you can't keep it off your life. It's all based about obedience. He says, go and wait. Something's amazing going to happen. And can you believe out of all the hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of people that listen to that sermon, it's about like today. Only a portion of people obeyed. But God will always, always, always have a portion, a remnant. He will always have a portion of people that will obey. And out of all those people that heard him preach that sermon, Ashley, 120 people listened. They obeyed, and they went to Jerusalem, and they hung out. And the Bible says this, that 50 days after his death, the same thing happened 
Just as the Passover was fulfilled with Jesus' death, death, Pentecost, known as the 50 days after the Pentecost, it was fulfilled in the book of Acts chapter number two. And Jesus kept his word and the Holy Spirit was poured out for the very first time. What happened at the foot of the mountain over here? Does anybody remember what happened over here at the foot of the mountain when people were like, I'm not doing that. What happened? Yeah, you just said the ground split. Remember that? There was some, what, 3,000 people died? Check this out. Over here, <laughs> 3,000 people didn't die. The Bible says on that day about 3,000 people were saved. What I'm trying to show you is everything has been fulfilled in the New Testament what the law could not do. But guess what? There's another feast or celebration. It's known as tabernacles. Everybody, everybody ever heard of a church called like, like um, you know, Christian tabernacle or Christ's tabernacle? That's a building, right? Which means it's a gathering place. People gather together. There's all, it's also known as the Feast of Trumpets. Those go hand in hand. Well, let me tell you what it means in the Old Testament. After Pentecost, they would get together, everybody say together, and they would rejoice and blow trumpets and sing aloud. And, and I'm just going to you know, use my terminology. They would have a good old-fashioned hoedown celebrating the goodness of God. Guess what happens in the New Testament? It's yet to be fulfilled. Why? Because there is going to be the blowing of a trumpet. And not to kind of wig anybody out. This is not a fear-based message. This is a faith-based message. There will be a day when the eastern sky, it's going to split. And there's going to be a trumpet blown for a gathering. Guess what? Not just of this church. But there's going to be churches and people rise up in Chile, in China, in Russia, in Lithuania. There's going to be people from Brazil. There's going to be people from Dorito, Louisiana. There's going to be people from, I don't know about New York City, maybe one or two, but <laughs> I'm not real sure how many people from Washington are going to make it, but we're going to try. But here's the cool part. Everybody say gathering. There's going to be a gathering together of all the saints of old and new and there's going to be all race, all age, all creed, all backgrounds. And let me tell you why. Because Jesus will keep his word and it will be fulfilled. And if you want to experience revival, everybody say revival. If you're going to have a revival in your life where there's a renewing and a refreshing of God, it cannot happen just because of the feast of Passover, if you're one of history, or if you're someone of the New Testament, it cannot happen just because of your, 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 your absolute dynamic faith in the death of Jesus Christ for, for, for his blood to cover you for salvation. All of us seem to be cool with that, and most of us, I hope, are cool with the idea of all of us going to heaven but what about that secondary feast called Pentecost? What I've experienced with most people 
is most people absolutely love to talk about them coming to Jesus and giving their life to the Lord and accepting that blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ on their life because all of us want to be made right with God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All of us want to be made right with God. And guess what Jesus did? Y'all watch my arms. Jesus' death made us right positionally with God. That's what Jesus did. Made you right positionally with God. But can I tell you something? It's the empowerment of the Holy Ghost that gives you the ability to live right. Now some of you are going to have to catch this. You're going to have to catch this, man. What time is it? Huh? Okay, I won't worry about it. And somebody said, that boy better worry about it. I don't know who the man in the purple shirt is, but he, he obviously don't have nowhere to go. I got things to do. For real, what time is it for real? 7.40, okay, I got, uh, I got an hour and a half. All right. Check this out. You gotta get this, man. This is where people get off the bus of Christianity. And, there's, and, and that's a shame. Uh, I mean, man, once you get on the bus of Christianity, you ought to put a seatbelt on and liquid nail the buckle. You know, you ought to just be done for life. But some people get off the bus because what they do is they don't know how to live in this new, beautiful, righteous state that Jesus gave them. And they get frustrated. They get down. When life comes by and kicks them in their mouth, when the divorce papers are filed, when the bankruptcy goes through, when, the, when you get laid off, or, 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 or when you get that phone call that things aren't healthy in your body, what happens is they're good with the idea that Jesus can save them, but they, get, they, get, they spin out of control on, oh man, I, just, I, I, almost, I almost feel guilty because I almost wish that the Lord would just take me right now. I cannot go another day in this life. And can I tell you something? That's not God's will. God's will for you is to live this life until you're called home to glory. You are, you are, God's will for you is to live this life as an overcomer. But you cannot do that by your own works and by your own abilities. You will end up dying a spiritual death. And that's why I'm preaching in this mode of revival. What God wants to do for you that are kind of kind of down and you're kind of weary and you're kind of wondering if I can keep going on. Pastor Tom, you don't understand. I love the Lord and I, I, I sure hope to be in that Feast of Tabernacles one day. I hope I can make it to heaven, but Pastor Tommy, you don't understand what I'm going through. I do understand what you're going through. And guess what? God knows what you're going through and God knew what you would go through. So therefore, he sent the Holy Spirit to equip you to get through what you're going through. Because without the Holy Spirit in your life, you will stay in what you're in. You will become down. You'll get in the mully grubs. You, and before you know it, man, you unbuckle. You tell the bus to stop. You get off the bus and you're done. And you sell out. You check out. You fold up. And all Christianity was for you was just another thing you tried. 
And God's will is not for that. God's will is for you to get through this life greater than you ever imagined possible. But I want to go on record and tell you the only way it's going to happen for you is if you celebrate the Feast of Pentecost in the New Testament way and be empowered by God's Spirit. Because it's pneuma. Everybody say pneuma. Some of you are like, why am I saying pneuma? Is that a car? What is pneuma? Pneuma is breath. It's wind. And God wants to breathe into you his life and resurrect you from your dead spiritual efforts. And he wants to breathe new life into you and resurrect you. Let me give you a few things about the Holy Spirit tonight. Is this all right? Y'all enjoying this? You okay? You okay? I missed the putt. I think I missed the putt. That was one of those missed putt claps. So the Holy Spirit will empower you to live righteously. Let me touch this right now. And there's some of you that want to go with me here. Some of you are, man, you're, you're like, you've been waiting for me to preach about this. And others of you, you, you would love it, but you just hadn't heard about it. The Holy Spirit not only wants you to live righteously and empower you to live righteously, the Holy Spirit can come into your life and allow you to live supernaturally. Yeah, supernaturally. That just means above the natural. The natural, what is the natural? The naturals are alarm clocks and cups of coffee and long days at work and blown paychecks on Friday night. The natural is, is having to deal, a, deal with family issues and dysfunction. The natural, what's the natural? The natural's trying to juggle two and three jobs and pay the bills. The natural, the natural's not getting any vacation while everybody else did. The natural, the natural's not feeling good in your body. The natural, the natural's just natural. And you're not getting any good in it. It's just the beating of life. The misery. It's natural, man. It's the natural. But the Holy Spirit wants you to live above that. Above the natural. Above the natural meaning the Holy Spirit can provide. Let me give you two words. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. And signs and wonders does not always have to be weird because a lot of people when you hear signs and wonders you're thinking like weird stuff and I've seen some stuff that I would call weird but I also can tell you I've seen a lot of signs and wonders that were not weird they were just supernatural and there's a thin line between God and goofy the Holy Spirit does not want to take you into goofy that would be out of order and God is not out of order. He's not wanting to take you places that are weird. And I will tell you, if, you, if you're dabbling in anything that, that is supernatural, if you're kind of tinkering with stuff that's supernatural, and you're trying to, trying to make it out to be something that God's doing, if it's weird, it's not God. And that may, that may confuse some of you, but I can tell you something. God's not into running people away from the gospel. <laughs> Let me just help some of you. If people are turned off by it, it's not God. 
Now, if they're amazed by it and wowed by it and they're not sure what it is, those signs and wonders draw people to ask questions and you have the opportunity to share a supernatural experience with people. But if it's fearful and if it's weird, let me tell you something, what we've done is we've crossed into lines. Even the scriptures say that even the, 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 even the evil ones can, can perform miracles and stuff like that. So, so be careful what you're tinkering with. Again, this is not Sunday morning preaching. This is Wednesday, Wednesday night coaching. Are you okay with that? So check yourself, but don't allow the fear of the weird to keep you from the good supernatural. What's that weird saying? I always get it confused. I, I, slept, I slept through school so much. What was that weird saying about don't throw the... But how's it go? Don't throw the what? Yeah, I never quite caught that one. What was that other one about don't get the whole? Yeah, I never got that one. Those are just weird things. I guess what I'm trying to say, and I'm being silly, just check this out. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. There's a whole lot of good of the supernatural. Don't allow the few little weird things you've heard about keep you from it. Let's go to Scripture. The book of Acts, chapter number two, verse 19. And I will show wonders. Everybody say wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Man, that's good. You want me to tell you what's not natural? You want me to tell you something that's not natural? What's not natural is being water baptized on Sunday and telling a preacher on Wednesday you stop smoking. That's not natural. You know how many people would give anything for that type of supernatural experience? They need that supernatural experience. Let me help you, Laura. I'm fixing to build your faith, and I'm not trying in any way to, to, to embarrass my own daddy. Have you ever met my daddy? He's a real good-looking man. <laughs> my wife tells me I kind of look like my daddy. <laughs> Have you ever met my mama? No. My mama's drop-dead gorgeous. And at times they say, I kind of look like my mama. <laughs> the problem is, I think I look like my uncle and I'm in trouble. <laughs> Daddy, wave your hand at her. You see that man right there? He hadn't hit on you, has he? <laughs> He's kind of known around here for, you know. His, his wife talked to me. His wife talked to you. You mean my mom talked to you? That's cool. She's a sweet lady. <laughs> Daddy, I'm going to put you on the spot, Okay. Don't get nervous, for real. <laughs> Daddy, don't get nervous, for real. I'm being very serious right now. How many years did you smoke? 20? At your highest, how many were you smoking a day? At your, at your peak, couple packs? When God delivered you from smoking, how many months did it take? That night. How many, how, many, how many weeks are you talking about? How many nights was it? Was it one night? It was instant? Okay, you got the Holy Ghost, and you asked my sister to take the cigarettes out of your front pocket and throw them in the fireplace. How many cigarettes have you smoked since? That mama don't know about. <laughs> Check this out. Everybody say above the natural. 
Let me tell you something. Signs and wonders are not weird stuff. What it is, is what you can't do on your own. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit's ministry because the Holy Spirit's the very best friend you'll ever have. The Holy Spirit's not trying to make you different, make you weird. The Holy Spirit's just wanting to come along your side and do for you what you can't do on your own. And unfortunately, okay, unfortunately, there's been people through the years that have, that have marketed, that have, uh, that have portrayed the work in the ministry of the Holy Spirit is weird. Ladies and gentlemen, signs and wonders, when they're godly and when they're God-designed and, and, and when it's the Holy Spirit's work, it will only manifest good. I do not want you to raise your hand right now just to be a part of the club. I'm sincerely asking you in the fear of God to answer these questions with raising your hand. Has anybody experienced the miracle, the sign, the wonder, the supernatural healing of a marriage by the power of God? Look around. Put them down. Don't, don't, don't be a part of the, 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 the club, okay? Answer it honestly. Has anybody ever experienced a physical healing of your body that you know God touched you? Look around. These are signs and wonders, okay? This isn't weird stuff. This is just stuff, number one, that you can't do. Number two, this is stuff that gives God glory. Anybody had a financial miracle happen in your life that you do not know who, where, why, when? You just know something happened financially that made the difference that you couldn't do? Raise your hand. Yeah. If we're all in this feast of Passover because of what Jesus did, and if we're all in to go to heaven and celebrate together, why would we not want to be all in in the feast of Pentecost? Ladies and gentlemen, if you have never experienced this beautiful gift, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are missing out on one of the key, powerful, awesome, so benevolent, generous gifts of God that he makes available to each and every one of us because before Tommy was ever a thought in those people's mind, God said, I know what that boy's gonna go through in life and I've got to give him a weapon that he needs to get through. So he preached that sermon on the mountain of ascension. To go and wait in Jerusalem till you're empowered with the Holy Spirit. Let me close with this. The final thing that the Holy Spirit would do in your life that you cannot do in your own is actually, I'm gonna kind of go preachery on you. It's actually the theological, truest reason that the Holy Spirit was poured out, poured out. All the other stuff I'm talking about are great benefits. But the most biblically sound, theologically sound reason of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room of, books, of the book of Acts chapter 2 was for the empowerment to tell the Jesus story with boldness, with sensitivity, with gifts of the Spirit in operation 
where you would have knowledge and wisdom and ability to tell the Jesus story like you could not tell on your own. Maybe a better way of saying it is the truest biblical reason of the pouring out of the Holy Ghost was to give you the ability to witness to someone else and tell them what Jesus did in your life. About 10 minutes ago, we publicly watched a man that will be 72 in two or three weeks on the 24th witness and share what God did in him to my friend Laura and maybe someone else. That was the work of the Holy Spirit speaking words of life and giving hope to others. I ask you with truest sense of love, how's your witnessing? If your witnessing is kind of met with cold shoulder and it's not effective and you don't have fruit on your witness tree, so to speak, it's hard to talk about what God's done for you if it's just about being saved and going to heaven. But boy, is it ever awesome to witness about being saved and going to heaven and also having a boldness to share a few signs and wonders that God is not just interested in saving me for eternity. God's interested in getting me through this life. He's provided for me financially. He's healed me physically. He's restored me relationally. He has seen me through and broken chains off my life. He's delivered me. Pastor Mike, how many years were you strung out on drugs? 13 years. How old were you when you first did your first ever narcotic or drug or street, abused a street drug? How old were you, Mike? You were 10 years old. Do you have a memory of how old you were when you tasted liquor or alcohol for the first time, Pastor Mike? 10. <laughs> Boy, you were a rough 10-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Mike, how old are you? You're 34. The power of the Holy Spirit. It will shake your addictions right off of you. It will clean you. It will restore you. It will purify you. It'll give you a good-looking wife. An awesome business. Drop-dead beautiful children and an anointed ministry. He didn't do that on his own. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to get across to you is some of you need to come alive in revival by the power of God's spirit because what you're trying to accomplish on your own will not work. You got into the position you're in on your own and you will not get out of it on your own. But boy, is the power of God available to pull you out, to shake you free and to put you on a path that you've always dreamed of going. Stand to your feet tonight and I wanna do this right now. I just feel, man, I feel faith in this room. All over this room, I want you to do this with me. Whew. Man, I didn't see this coming. I just feel the power of God in this room tonight. I want you to do this with me. I want you to kind of take a breath and you feel that, you feel that? Feel your lungs. 
You see how they work physically? Kind of breathing in, breathing out. You see that? That's, that's physical, right? You're breathing in some air. You're letting it out, breathing in, letting out. Now, what we also know is, unfortunately, with pollution, Sister Donna, when we're breathing in physically, we're also breathing in pollution and toxins, and it gets all there. That's why we breathe out and to get rid of some stuff. Now, make the jump with me spiritually. Without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the only spiritual air you're entertaining is polluted. The only spiritual air that your soul is entertaining is, is, is full of toxin. But if you'll breathe that out spiritually, and I know, I know I'm stretching some of you, you're thinking, what do you mean by that? If you will just spiritually let go of all of that, and open yourself up to the fresh breath and wind of God's Spirit. God can fill you with His Spirit and set you free. How do we do it? Well, this is, this is the only thing. First of all, it's spiritual, so it's kind of hard for me to actually communicate how that happens. But I do know enough about this. You just gotta remove the barriers out of your life. What barriers? Well, are you distracted right now? What barriers? Are you elsewhere mentally right now? What barriers? Is the enemy telling you there's absolutely no way that you would ever have received the Spirit because of this and that, this and that? You're gonna have to get to a place here, right here tonight or on a Wednesday night where you just remove those barriers. Then you're just gonna make a simple request. If you wanna be baptized in the Spirit, even right here on a Wednesday night, request, Lord Jesus, the great baptizer, baptize me in the spirit. And then last but not least, just as you put your faith in the saving grace of God, you're gonna have to put your faith that God's gonna fill you in the spirit. Is this all right? This is what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands. Lord Jesus, right here on a Wednesday night, after teaching your word, faith has been built in this room. And without a song being sung, without a light being dimmed, just on a Wednesday night Bible study, I pray right now, Jesus, that your wonderful spirit, may the wind of God's beautiful spirit be released into hearts in this room. Father, it doesn't have to come in any strange or fearful or weird way. Matter of fact, it's the most peaceful, beautiful experience ever known to man because they come alive. Holy Spirit, minister to someone tonight. Right where you're standing, just ask God. Say, Father, Pour your spirit into my life. Let it come upon me. Renew me. Refresh me. Set me in my rightful place. Consume me. If I were a cup, Lord, I ask you to fill me to overflowing. I don't want just a drop of your spirit. But Father, I get rid of all obstacles. I move out all distractions and I make myself like an empty container 
May your spirit be poured into me tonight. May it overflow. Now, all over this room, while we just respect one another, I want us to open up our mouth and begin to worship God. And I want you to begin to thank God for what he's ministered to us tonight. So in your own way, without word about who's next to you, begin to open up your mouth and verbally communicate to God. Father, we love you and we thank you for what we experienced tonight. Lord Jesus, we celebrate this Passover. We celebrate Pentecost. We celebrate the future gathering of the church. Father, we thank you for the wonderful spirit that's available to us. May the Holy Ghost begin to minister to each and every one of us as we are preparing ourselves, we're educating ourselves, we're, we're taking time to learn what is available as a believer. I thank you, Father, right now. There's people that are experiencing new life. There are shackles falling. There's chains being broken. And Lord, we don't have to be strange with it. We don't have to make it something odd and awkward. It's beautiful. It's peaceful. And God, right now, you're setting people free from from addictions. There are people right now, God, without any of their own efforts, addictions are being broken off their life. And there are marriages that are coming alive in this room. And what's crazy, God, I'm seeing in my heart right now that their spouse is not even here tonight. But yet the work of the Holy Ghost is working on men and women right now. And they're not, their spouse isn't even with them. But Lord, you're doing a spiritual healing and a spiritual preparation of their heart. Father, right now, I call forth financial miracles, signs and wonders. I call forth physical healing, signs and wonders. God, right now, I call forth in Jesus' name, complete restoration. I ask you to restore that broken heart woman, that broken hearted man. Restore them, heal them, resurrect them. God, we're calling forth revival of all types of revival. Lord Jesus, revive us in our dreams, our passions, our goals. God, I call forth greater faith than ever before. Let us see the unlimited favor of God in the name of Jesus, I pray. Woo, hallelujah. How many of you just feel that wonderful peace of God tonight? Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Man, I feel so good in this house. I came into this month telling you, I'm taking this month. I'm just doing my best to prepare us. We're just kind of making room in our heart. Some of you, this is, this is something new and fresh for you. And I want you to know I'm okay with that. And, and, and I want everyone in this room to join me in being okay with you uh, uh, being new to this. Because here's the cool thing. What we're doing is we're heading somewhere. And on Labor Day weekend, uh, we're just going to just really take that day and believe God for a great outpouring of His Spirit. But I don't want to have to wait till Labor Day. You're, you can go out tonight. You can go tomorrow in your car uh, you can sit right there eating your cereal in the morning and you can just have a moment with God and just reflect on what I've been teaching on. Make room in your heart and prepare your life to receive this beautiful gift of God and allow him to change your life. Everybody say, I feel better. Yeah, I feel better.